There was a million reasons why opening a restaurant in March of 2021 was one of the w dumbest ideas possible. But like, again, I'm like, I want to have multiple restaurants. Like, I can't, I don't, I have a million reasons not to. I just needed one reason to do it. And that reason was, I, I know what I want out of my life. I've known what I've wanted to do for a long time. You know, I may have made some like, you know, detours along the way, but I've always known like, open restaurants. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not gonna be 100% in, I'm not gonna do it. Come on, man, just be yourself. Yeah, and, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Chef Avery, welcome. What's Cheers, up, we got our seltzers. Cheers. Behaving tonight. <laughs> Sober October. I had to have a cigar though. Welcome to the pit, dude, what do you think about it? Dude, this is a dope setup, man. I'm uh, reworking my backyard, so I'm gonna get some ideas. We, uh, the, the people prior to had it set up really entertainment-wise, which is why we bought the house. We love to entertain. We uh -huh. love to have family and friends over. And when Kelly and I redid it, we said, we need a sand pit area, we need the pavers, we need a little bar, the pool, a garden, and we need a fire pit. Yeah, dude. We need a fire pit to hang out with our friends. And uh, when Evan and I connected and we were launching local mentorship, he was like, why don't we talk to your friends who are business owners around the fire? And I was like, all right, we'll drink some bourbon and talk to my friends, and here Dude, we are today. I love it, I love it. It's not in a studio, it's like literally hanging out in your backyard, so. Yeah, that's what it's about, that's what I like. No, it's dope. I'm doing this right now in my backyard. We have my, my backyard is torn to shit right now. I'm putting a pool in right now. It's crazy expensive, patio. right? <laughs> Dude, what I'm paying for my pool right now, yeah. if I would've did this three years ago, I would've been able to put like a resort in my backyard. Mm -hmm. It's like I know, dude. Up, I know. Up one hundred percent. You'll love it, and your family. I know you're a family man. You get a lot of yeah, use out of it. That, you guys that, have a lot of fun. Make a it, lot of man. memories. Create the memories. So, know. for for the viewers that may watch this, that are your followers, that are your friends, your family, you know, I like to really put it out there what the show was about and why it started, and I was a kid who didn't really do that well in school. I wasn't a guy who was a great reader, it wasn't a guy who had great reading comprehension. Mm -hmm. I didn't like to sit there in class. I was a go, go, go guy. Uh, I still am today. What'd you get on your SATs? I never took them. No shit. Never took them. I got kicked out of high school before that. Oh, I got kicked out of high school. So I, you know, as I came up, I was a chippy guy. It's still at times I probably have that exterior, you know, uh -huh. wherever that is buried in me. I, I try to shake it, but it sometimes comes back as I was getting into business, there wasn't many people that were willing to turn around and help me up the ladder. Mm -hmm. And that really frustrated me and it also hurt my feelings. So I said, once I have a, a couple shekels and once I'm doing well and I've put myself around a, a sphere of very influential and, and successful business people, I'm gonna help people. I didn't know what it was. And here we are today giving away this free content. So yeah. everything that we've spoke about prior to, you fit the mold of somebody who wants to give back. You've had your ups, your downs. Yep. You had some some TV time, a little bit of love there. Yeah. Um, so thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. I'm stoked. Yeah. So I want to chronologically walk through your life a little bit, and yeah. then we'll kind of take it from there as a conversation. So grew up in Spring Lake. Grew up in Spring Lake, like you, was a, a terrible student, you know? Barely made it through high school. CBA? Yeah, CBA. I think I graduated. I think my guidance counselor told me I was like seventh from the bottom. Got like a 900 on my SATs. But um, I always had enthusiasm, man. You know what I mean? Can't take that from me. Why but, didn't uh, you like school? I just, I just, I didn't, I just didn't like to, the whole thought of school to me is just weird. It's, just, it's all about memorization. Yeah. Really very free thinking going on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about getting grades to get into another school. 
Yeah, they're like pre memorize more shit. Pre pre-programming. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it's like it's like totally like this industrial mindset. So and I mean, I just, I hated, I hated reading. I hated, it was the Iliad and the Odyssey. It's not that I hated reading. I thought I hated reading. Mm-hmm. I believed I hated reading, but I hated the reading I was required to do. Yeah. I mean, like. You like, weren't reading things you were interested yeah, in. Yeah, like the Iliad and the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, horrible. You know, or like the summer reading books, like around the world in 80, whatever the fucking stupid My wife's a teacher. She doesn't even believe in homework. Yeah, well, good for your your wife. Yeah, because that it's it's terrible, you know. And like today, like having a kid in high school, like I'm getting off subject here, but like she, you know, she goes to school eight hours a day, has to do four or five hours of homework every night. It's like when are kids kids? So that's why I, I didn't like school, and I and I just wasn't good at it. So it definitely chipped away at my self esteem. But you know, somewhere along the way in high school, I always had this like this strong desire to be independent, have my own money. So, you know, I would deliver pizzas. I had a DJ business. Where do you think that comes from, right? Because it's like some people are like you're born with that. You can learn to be an entrepreneur. You can be an entrepreneur. Where do you think it comes yeah, from I don't for know, you? Oh man, I just my mother's an entrepreneur. Um, I don't know. It just was like instilled in me. I just like. It was never enough for me to just want to work for somebody. It was never like an aspiration of mine to be like, oh, you know, get this job and make this kind of money. It's like, it just, it just was never, I love the creative process, I think. I love yeah. seeing something go from just an idea to like this fully functioning entity in and of itself that almost exists without you. Yeah. You know, like you build it and you exit it and you watch it do its thing and you water it and you do whatever you gotta mm-hmm. do from the peripherals, but I think that's the most attractive thing to me. So. But in, I think early on, um, I, I just- Wanted to make money. Yeah, I wanted to make money and I wanted to have independence and like, I, I think because I didn't really get that like value out of myself from school. I mean, I was a, I mean, when I tell you terrible, like yeah, terrible. Yeah, I, I get it. Every summer I was in summer school. I get Every it. Every summer I was in summer school. Yeah, it's a, uh, and then your parents are disappointed in you. Yeah, it's just You kind like, of feel like a little bit of a loser. All your friends are moving on to go yeah. to big schools or they're in the, the, the smart kid classes. Yeah, like I, I didn't, yeah, like, like, my, like my high school girlfriend got into good colleges. I was like, just like, but, but I always had the gift of gab. Like I remember I went to, I ended up going to Rollins College in, in, in Florida and uh, I was waitlisted. I was so devastated. I didn't get into any of the colleges I wanted to get into. I was devastated and my mom's like, you know what? We're going to Florida. So we, we, we go down there, I fly down there and I meet the Dean of Admissions and he talks to me and he's like, you know what? You know, long story short, he liked me and he, he got me in. But I was just, you know, and I think he saw something in me or, or something, maybe it was my persona or, or my attitude, but that's what it was. So I started working, long story short, uh, and, and, and creating things and having businesses in high school. And then I went off to college and, you know, once the partying started, like it was, now was Rollins a, a chef-based? No, I was a, a liberal arts college in Winter Park, Florida, like a suburb of Orlando. And um, then you did end up going to school, obviously to be a chef. Yep. Down so, in Florida, Fort so, Lauderdale. Yeah. So I went to college for four years. I uh, actually never even got my undergrad. Um, a few classes shy. That's a whole other story. But Shout out to dropouts. We like that's dropouts. That's it, man. I mean, show. I think I had to get 2.0 GPA, like just enough. <laughs> like I was the king of like. What do I have? What do I have to do to not fail? Like that was my goal. Like don't fail. You know, just get get through, survive another day. Um, but yeah, so after four years, you know, being in Orlando, I I, I kind of kept with the whole hospitality thing. Like I valeted cars, I worked at hotels, I was a bartender, bar back. Downtown Orlando is pretty cool. It's a great city. Yeah, people don't it's realize like it's there. The most underrated city. Yeah, they, everything yeah. is like D- Disney World. It's it's like that's that's yeah, out that's, that's the away from it. Yeah. Downtown Orlando is beautiful. I actually, you know, would have moved. I was, <laughs> I thought I'd be living there for the rest of my life. But I went to college there, you know, it was kind of like putzing around and I ended up deciding to go to Fort Lauderdale to go to culinary school. Cause by mm-hmm. this point in time, I'd, I'd been like really working in restaurants. Like the whole time I was in college, I had a job 
for the most part, you know, like the last three years. And, and as um, you were working in those restaurants, were you starting yeah, to think like, yeah. I want to own one. I could do this yeah, different. I could do that exactly. different. Exactly. I love the high-paced, fast-paced environment. Uh, you know, every day is new in a restaurant, right? Like there's a new set of problems, new set of people, just, you know, and I just liked it. And I, I it, again, like I was good at it, you know, for the most part, you know, like everybody kind of sucks when they're new to anything, but... I, I thrived in that environment. Like I did well. I'm, Engaged I'm, your mind. Yeah, because I'm like a very type A, like running around fast. And in that environment, I can just be me, and it just looks like, oh, he's just doing his job. He's just working really hard. But really, I'm just like. Yeah, you're constantly going. You yeah, know? I get it. Um, so I knew like that that was my path. I was like, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur by way of becoming a chef, and then opening up. You know, like for some reason in my head, I can remember this. You know, from 22 years ago, like wanting to own multiple restaurants. That's mm. always been. The thing it was never like oh, I want to be a chef and you know I want to own win. real estate I want to do that yeah well yeah or even just being a chef it wasn't it wasn't like I want to be a chef and win all these awards and like work twenty hours a day it was never like what I wanted to do it was I want to own restaurants mm-hmm. I want to own multiple restaurants I want to build a hospitality group um, and that's still with me today yeah and we'll get into that yeah so I was in Florida for a while and I ended up you know and again I told you I'm from you know Spring Lake Monmouth County. I ended up meeting my wife down in Fort Lauderdale. She's a few years younger than me, and she was uh, she's from Colts Neck, again, right up the road. And when she got pregnant, we ended up moving back, and now I'm back in New Jersey. This is like 2004, 2005. 24, you get married, yeah, you like, have a kid. I just went to culinary school, I was a chef, and, and this is back when New Jersey had pizzerias, Chinese re- food restaurants, country clubs, and sports bars. Like, that was it. So I'm like, well. No Italian know, restaurants? Yeah, yeah, exactly, that's all there was. <laughs> I was like, where am I gonna be? A chef, like this sucks. Like you know, it's like this isn't like I'm used to like Florida and living like in, in resort towns and all yeah, these things. Completely this, different. This isn't gonna work. So I, I dabbled in construction. I liked that, but it wasn't you know it didn't really grab me enough. Then I got into like the whole personal finance and mortgage thing, and then the subprime market did what it did in 2008. Um, and I started working again back in restaurants. I like literally I was working for David Burkett from Rajere, and I got back in the restaurant world that way. A few years passed by, I, I found myself, you know. You were driving a taxi, right? One yeah, day I, said, yeah, yeah. I'm like, over this, I'm driving right uh, yes, to well, Yeah, so I started, I, I did a, like, a, like a seasonal restaurant with my family. My family had some real estate in Belmar, in Lake Como, and I did a burger joint one summer. It was a cafe another summer, and it just, it just wasn't jiving. It wasn't like filling me up. It was hard being in business with family. And I was driving a, a, um, a taxi for, you know, um, Make ends meet, you had just, a family. Just, just to like, just, yeah, like, I mean, I'm living in a, a condo, like, I have one kid, my wife, I just, I just like, wasn't happy, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, just trying to piece things together, and I ended up just one day going down to Atlantic City and, and going to the Borgata, and I was like, what's the best restaurant, who's got the best chef, that's who I'm going to go work for, like, picking a good mentor, and like, just, just kind of like at 28, I was 29, like, kind of just diving in head first, getting back in the restaurant world, kind of like being open to it, knowing that, you know, I'm gonna be older than some of the guys that are maybe ahead of me or whatever, but I, I did it and I just. Stop for a sec- sure. second. Talk about the importance of having a mentor when you're in your 20s. I mean, I, I think mentors are the most important thing, you know, and you really have full, that is the one thing, you know, you, opportunity and, you know, the class you're born into, you can't pick your parents, you can't pick your, you know a lot of things in life, but you can pick who you want to mentor you. And you mm-hmm. can make the decision like, I'm gonna take this job and it might be inconvenient as hell to get there. I might, may, might not make as much money, but I wanna get in front of the right person. And the chef I picked, you know, he was 
this ambitious chef. He was working at a, a top tier restaurant, Michael Mina, it was um, Sea Blue. And the chef I'm talking about is Anthony Amoroso. I mean, to give you an idea, of my, the chef who I went to work for is now you know, like the VP of food and beverage for MGM Grand Resorts, like yeah, worldwide. So yeah. I mean, like that was the guy he's that good, like, yeah. I worked under you know, 12 years ago. And um, so like having the right mentors is like omnipotent. Like yeah. if you get the right mentors, like that is like your success ticket. It shortens your learning curve. 100%. And the right mentor who understands you yeah. slaps you when you need to be slapped. You know, as yeah. a young guy, I was coming into the financial office, this dude that yeah. got kicked out of high school, and I'm, I'm, I'm mouthy, right? I'm, I'm talking back, and this one dude, Chris, pulled me in the office and said, listen, dude, you're a talented guy. You got a gift of gab. You retain things quick. You just need to listen a little bit. Don't get in your own way. Right. And still to this day, him and I have, I would say, more of a friendship now where we both continue to lend um, information to each other and help each other out. But man, that skyrocketed my business at the time, big time. Yeah. And personal life. 100, 100%. And the opportunities, and it's not just like, they don't just teach you something new. And like my mentors are my mentors for life. Mm -hmm. Like to this day, Right, like I own two restaurants, and you know, we do millions of dollars in revenue. I have a family. I have all these, all these people, eighty employees. There's days I'm like, oh, I need to call Anthony. <laughs> you know, what would you do in this situation? And yeah. He answers my question, and I also we're going to give that back. You know, any any of my guys that have come up under me, like anytime, of course, twenty four seven. What do you need? You know, so it's like you know the expression: everybody needs a mentor and an apprentice. It's a hundred percent. So I'm very big on the mentor. So yeah, I went to Atlantic City. Spent some time opening some restaurants up down there. Um, my mentor had a connection with Gordon Ramsay's team. And you know, he sees me trucking down from Monmouth County, you know. To give you an idea, it was about an hour and 15 minutes door to door, 70 miles door to door from my house to my parking spot in Atlantic City. And I mean, I did that every day for years. With kids and a with family. With kids and a family and making no money. Like, yeah, I was it's just a like, lot. You know what? Just, I had enough to make, to get by. My sister, um, my wife was managing at my sister's store. Like we had some money, it wasn't like, you know, uh, but it was tough. It was definitely tough, and like the time commitment. I mean, I had no life. I mean, it was just two and a half hours a day in a car, and this was before podcasts. Yeah. You know, this was when the Parkway was getting like. If work. you had Fireside America, you would have got there. Dude, first. I would have been exactly. <laughs> I would have. I would have fast tracked a lot of. But yeah, this was like nothing. And um, yeah, you're just listening to 95.9 The Rap, <laughs> Hot 97. Yeah. Like I don't even. I had like a, a Buick. Hot 97 didn't even make it all the way down there. I, I think a lot of times I just drove in silence and just like in my thoughts and just like visualizing. I mean really like I'm not trying to sound corny but like thinking about it like alright this is all going to be worth it. It's all going to be worth it. But um, Are you a big guy on that? What's that? Are you a big guy on, on visualizing? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, everything. Speaking every, things into existence. And yeah, manifestation, totally. But even just like visualizing like your perfect day, like getting it, like visualizing, like on my way to work, I'm like visualizing like what, what that's going to look like. When I'm cooking something, I'm visualizing like, okay, the pan's this hot. Like I'm visualizing what's happening in the pan, how I'm going to plate. I'm always constantly like seeing. Mapping it out. Yeah, like mapping out, like thinking things all the way through to the end in my head. Critical thoughts are important. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love it. That's why, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you see them on my Instagrams. I'm walking every day now, like four miles a day, an hour and a half, usually an hour and 15 minutes. And I'm just, just thinking about everything, you know, visualizing and yeah. So you, you get, he says, I'm going to hook this guy up with Gordon Ramsay, one, yeah, so, one, one of the like, most popular so, chefs yeah. on TV at the time. Well, Gordon Ramsay was filming Kitchen Nightmares at that time. And they were up in Karlstadt by MetLife. And it was like, it was a union job, by the way. So I was a union cook in Atlantic no, City. I wasn't even a chef, I was a cook uh, in the union. So I was like the low man on the totem pole. So I was like, now it's the winter, it's slowing down. But uh, you know, I stayed committed, you know? 
my days, I, my days off were like Tuesday, Thursday. I would be always, I'd drive all the way down there. They might cut me in early. They might keep me late. I never really knew. I had really a very irregular schedule, but I always just kind of stuck to it. And my boss, I think, appreciated that. And he appreciated that I was always there early. Most of the time I was there early because I wanted to miss the traffic. You yeah. get to like, between like Seaside and yeah. Lake Harbor, forget about it. So I would just, I'd be at work like three then. hours early. Like, and he'd be like, this guy's a rock star, just coming in early. I'm like, I'm just trying to beat the traffic because I want to be just stuck in my car, not listening to anything. But, um, so yeah, so so Gordon Ramsay's production team, they're filming a, a, an episode of Hell's Kitchen, uh, Kitchen Nightmares up in Karlstadt. And I went and met them up in, um, I ended up working on the show behind the scenes. There's a, there's a lot of production involved, right? Like, yes, he's going in and like working with these restaurants, but at the same time, like he has a team of people that come in and we help out. We're, you know, just there's some behind the scenes stuff that you have to do to help these restaurants, you know, like training them and et cetera, et cetera. And then he ended up, you know, utilizing me uh, to come up there and help him get this, this restaurant situated. So we did it and then they ended up putting me on camera as well. So that was like my big, like 29 years old, you know, I had this union job. I'm trucking my ass down to Atlantic City every day. What were you thinking at the time? Like, man, I struck gold. I just was like in a state of shock. Like, I remember meeting with Gordon in, a, in his trailer, and I'm just like 29 years old, like just trying to play it so cool. Like, just like where you're sitting. I'm like, yeah, yeah just acting like I'm like, like yeah. in my pants. I'm like, like, holy crap, that's Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, that's really Gordon Ramsay. That's so how it was I feel amazing. When you're on it was show. just it was just nice for my family to like and like my wife to see it. Like, you know, like. Like, that's a huge opera. I was a kid from New Jersey, delivering pizzas, horrible yeah. student. Was it okay, you know, like I, I don't, I'm not the most talented chef in the world, you know, I just was able to line up opportunities. I always say that, chase opportunities, right? So I, I just was able to line this up and it was just a good feeling for me, for my family to see like, wow, like. It's working. He really, he really did something different. Like not only did he like, get, get, starting to get some success in his career, but like he's like, he's on TV with Gordon Ramsay now. So, that, you know, we did that for a month or so. I was consulting with this restaurant. Went back to Atlantic City, you know, have another kid, another, you know, couple years go by and I, I get a phone call out of the blue. And at the time I was now an executive chef in Atlantic City. I mean, that's how much time had lapsed. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, you know, this is an executive producer or a producer from uh, Gordon Ramsay's show, Hell's Kitchen. Would you, you know, your name came up as a, front runner for being his on-camera sous chef, you know, the guy he had for the last 10 seasons is leaving the show, would you want to come do it? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. do it. I mean, I said yes without even, I'm in. <laughs> not really even knowing that it would entail me leaving, you know, my family for months at a time, but I, I, I did it and I was just blown away, so. Sometimes as an entrepreneur and a business owner, you have to sacrifice. And yeah, and I wasn't even an entrepreneur yet though, but yeah. But right? I'm saying, you, you yeah, want to get yeah. to that level of success, you got to sacrifice things. 100%. And that, that's, that's like the thing that I think, especially in today's climate, a lot of entrepreneurs are villainized, believe it or not. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you feel the same way, but you know, sometimes people could see like, oh, you know, his restaurant's full, this guy's an asshole. Or, they put oh, a magnifying who, who glass. Who does he think he is, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, you didn't see everything. You, don't you think didn't I see got, the whole story. You don't think I got that? You might a see a new truck, yeah. You might see a new <laughs> truck parked in front of the restaurant when I roll in, but like, you, or like, you know, whatever. Like, I, I'm on vacation with my family, but I'm not like this glitzy guy. Like, like, we've all had this, like, we've all had to pay our dues, is my point. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and it's very easy to dismiss that when you just see now the end result. You don't see, like... Didn't you the, roll up in a pickup truck? Yeah. Yeah. Like... You're not rolling around in oh, yeah. a Rolls Royce. It's not a Denali. Yeah, it's yeah. A, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, 
you know um regular shore guy yeah just yeah that's it man like uh, t-shirts and jeans but you know it's i'm just saying like people can see your success and they and they might think that like you in order to, for you to have gotten there like you may have had to like you know what did you do what did, who did you screw over or how did you know it, that that you know? right there that one bothers me actually the most a lot yeah. of the other ones i just roll off my shoulders yeah. nowadays but who did you screw to to get where you are Dude, there's myself. a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of very, very successful, wealthy people in the world that did it the right yeah. way. No, totally. And it's like I, I can count on one hand how many weddings I went to. I mean, my friends knew. Like, I'm not even asking James to be in the wedding because odds are he's not going to even come. Yeah. You know, and it's like you work on the weekends. Yeah, and it's like looking back on it, like I probably was a little more extreme than I needed to be, but I don't know. I made the sacrifices, and, and they paid off, so at least. So you get rolling with Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, so I do, I'm doing that for a couple of years, you know, and we're out there for four months, which is a crazy experience, you know. I'm, I'm, you know I remember the day I was out there, and in in, in the, the apartment I lived in when I'd be out there filming was, like, right in the Hollywood Hills, kind of, like, in West Hollywood. And I remember just, like, working out, like, like looking up at all the canyons and, like, just, like, surreal. completely surreal. Yeah. And I was, like, telling myself, like, James, like, this isn't real. Like this is like this is a, a, a an opportunity, and just bask and enjoy it, and like mm-hmm. just like take it all in, and know that it could be gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But just take it all in and enjoy it. And I did that, and I I did that for you know a couple of years, and I'd come back and I would do um like I I do a consulting gig or I I had a job working with a local restaurant group, but then you know the TV show would call and I'd have to like go back out to LA and kiss my family goodbye and. I, mean, I don't even think we had FaceTime back then. Like maybe Skype was like a new thing. So yeah. it was like literally like leaving my wife and kids and I was on you know, Pacific time and there was production going Soft. on. So like, I mean, three days would go by, I wouldn't talk to my wife or kids. So like as, 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 like, as glamorous as it was, like it was like still like I'm a family guy. You know, it's I'm, so hard on you. You know, it's like I, I like to be with my wife and kids even to this day, like I'm a homebody. And if I didn't own restaurants, I'd never be in them. Like yeah. I'm home <laughs> all the time. Yeah, you're hanging with your family. You have four kids. That's it, dude. Yeah, all, all different ages. So, so I did that. So now let's just fast forward. It's like 2014. Uh, was the TV show, had, you know, a few seasons that aired. I, I, had a, I had pretty good momentum. Kid from New Jersey, you know, opened up a, you know, a bunch of restaurants in Atlantic City, spent some time working on now two Gordon Ramsay TV shows. I, I had a little bit of traction, and it was like, all right, it's time to cash in. Like, yeah, I got to take wanna, advantage of this. Yeah, so I started thinking, like, you know, my entrepreneurial spirit started kicking in again. Like, all right, I need to open up my own restaurant. Like, that's it. Like, you know, I don't need to go back and work somewhere. I don't want to, I want to start building this dream, which was, you know, going back to my college years, like owning multiple restaurants. So let's start. And these guys were opening up a beer garden in Asbury Park. You know, Asbury went through a very, you know, hard period. But, like, back in the early 2000s, they started, re, you know, the regentrification of it. Yeah. And like, put, dumping money into it and developing it. So now, back, remember what I was saying about New Jersey, like, not having a lot of great restaurants. The food scene wasn't that, it was like, you know, again, sports bars yeah. and stuff like that. Sports, um, and uh, a lot of now there's actual places. restaurants. There's like, you know, Taco is there and the beer garden's opening up. They were calling it like Brooklyn by the sea. So it was like, I'm like, this is where I need to be. If I'm going to be in New Jersey, this is where I have to open a restaurant. So I just would be driving in Asbury, like thinking where I would do it. I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to get money. Like, I, I, I you know, I'm not going to ask my family for a million dollars. I don't even think that was an option. Like, so it's like, it wasn't an option. But I just kind of just kept thinking about it and doing these pop-up dinners. Um, what were the pop-up dinners? I wanted to do a seafood restaurant. You know, and uh, a friend of mine had a, had a, had a, like a kitchen space in uh, Old Bridge, 
and she was, you know, having chefs come in and, and, and do some, uh, you know, demos or whatever. So I just kind of was, I was in between the TV show was kind what of- What was the a, demos for? Was it for- Just for like, it was like her, her, her kitchen space was like, it was like a, like a cooking studio slash school slash retail shop. And- um, That's cool. Yeah. And uh, so I, I would go in there, I would do it. I was doing pop-ups, like I said. So I would do like a dinner for like 30, 40 people to like beta test concepts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I had this idea to do a seafood restaurant. And then one day out of the blue, again, I, I always get these phone calls out of the blue, which are kind of like, I, th- I think part of the- Yeah, just attraction, happening. Yeah. You know, the, 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 uh, the law of attraction in life. And this guy's like, hey, you know, my name is Frank Fister. I'm, I'm, I'm opening a, a few restaurants for these guys in Asbury Park. They're looking for a chef. And I'm like, I'll be right there. You know, like literally stop. I think I was at Barnes and Noble, like looking at cookbooks. And um, so anyway, so I um, went down to Asbury, met with them, kind of told them my, my seafood concept idea. They had already, like they hadn't really figured that out yet. They just had a, an opportunity for a lease and they didn't have, they had no concept yet, but they had the beer garden opening. So after like a lot of thought and a lot of deliberation, I talked to my wife and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna leave the TV show, you know, uh, and I'm gonna open these, the beer garden and I'm gonna have a, an opportunity to open up my own seafood restaurant, which I did, you know, and that was in 2014, 2015. That's the Bonnie Reed. Yep, so we opened the Asbury Fest Hall and Beer Garden. That wasn't, I had no equity there, but I was the opening chef. You know, I was involved in you know, a lot of the operations outside of the kitchen as well. Um, similar investors, you know, I was, and then I was a partner in the Bonnie Reed. And I've been doing that, you know, the Bonnie Reed, that was 2015, August of 2015, we opened. So. And you guys are still eighth. pretty busy yeah, over there. dude. Kicking ass and taking names. You know, it's, we've had it, you know, it's make some changes. I mean, you know, restaurants are, are like any living, breathing entity. Like you have to kind of roll the times and then, you know, like make minor adjustments along the way and like always stay true to who and what you are. But you know, you have to keep up with the times and all that. Um, But in 2017, I left the beer garden. It's funny. I wanted to do uh, the Black Swan I now have. That's my British European gastropub that I have right down the street from the Bonnie but I wanted to do the same concept there about five or six years ago. Cool spot if you've never been. Really good beers, great, those those potato things, those yeah. are dangerous, dude, real dangerous. <laughs> Your bacon, pork chop I had the one day was good. Tots. The lamb, the lamb, was, yeah. it, was it lamb? What else I have, lamb yeah, chops? Lollipops. Yeah, the lollipops. Yeah, you have some lingo. unique things yeah. that you don't just see. Just tighten things up, and like that's my whole thing. Like, you know, you don't have to, just build a better mousetrap. Make yeah. things better, make Different. things better approach. Yeah, Make some tweaks, make some changes, you know, but make, make approachable food that everybody wants to eat. You know, again, I, I've had the fine dining background. I like cooking fun food. Oh, um, jumping ahead, but you wanted yeah, to take sorry. over that space. Wanted that space, available. yeah, and the landlord's like, I don't want another pub. You know, and he, I think he thought I was gonna have like a rowdy college sports, uh, rowdy college, like Irish pub type situation. Yeah, he didn't want to do with that. He didn't know I really wanted like an authentic pub like you would see in, in Europe. I think it's kind of a higher end pub. I mean, it's yeah, decorated I mean, it's, very I mean, well. I just got back from Dublin and like, you know, the pubs I saw there are more or less what I'm doing here. There's no shamrocks on the walls, yeah. you know, there's no. Yeah. That's American. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like these cheesy renditions of, but um, so I was like, well shit, I'm out of the beer garden. The pub, the pub idea fell through. 
and, I, and I, I had this like idea in my back pocket to do a fast casual because this was like when Sweet Green was blowing up in New York City. Like yeah. you're hearing about Chipotle making 14 billion dollars a year, healthy. Yeah, and again, I'm like, well, I want to have multiple restaurants. Like this is maybe this is the avenue I have to take. Like maybe I have to get away from full service and focus on fast casual. So I had this this concept called Farmly, and Farmly was basically a farm to table, all organic. Uh, originally, uh, Boston Market, essentially. So rotisserie chickens, porchetta, roasted meat, uh, pick your sides, blah, 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 you know? I was like, this is gonna kill it. This is gonna kill it. So I went out, raised a bunch of money, we opened it. Now I wanna talk about that, I wanna jump over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, young chef, it's been hustling. 37, yeah. Uh, But I'm saying the young chef now, I wanna give some nuggets, right? The guy's looking to go start a salad place, start a pub, start a restaurant, whatever it may be. Talk the basics, and you don't need to tell me the details of yours, talk the basics of how you get that started, how you go pitch these investors to give you the money to open a restaurant. Well, I mean, there's no, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's, you know, the way I found my investors was I took a a very bad deal in the Bonnie Reed. You know, I gave my life savings for a very small amount of equity. Um, but I knew if I took this, you know, I remember I, I wanted equity originally in the beer garden and like that wasn't on the table. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the job anyway. But maybe at the time, talking about the Bonnie Reed, right. you weren't really worth it yet, right? You had some notoriety. So maybe you weren't there yet. A lot of people, we want to be ahead of where we are as right, entrepreneurs. Right, so my advice to this young person, create as much value around yourself as you possibly can. Get the right, get in front of the right people. You know, don't be so hung up on like what you want. Like always remember what you want down the road, not what you want today. Mm-hmm. If you always go for what you want today, you will always lose. So you're, you're yeah. Cre- so I mean, create you as create much value. creating value. That's like business, like the first step of any like business creation. In the beginning, you're the business, right? There's no, there is no physical restaurant mm-hmm. around you yet. It's just you, and you're selling yourself. So you have to create the value, and the way you do that is for me. There was a very big, high-profile restaurant opening in Asbury, and I went in and I ran that fucker like it was my own. Like, mm-hmm. I ran that place like it was my money, it was my life on the line, and that's what I did. And the right people saw that and were like, we'll invest in that guy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's was, how you launched. And that's how I got my opportunities, and I always did the right thing. You know, it's gonna happen in time. If you continually show up and do the right thing for the right people, the right things will begin to happen. It's just, you gotta be patient. And people are paying attention. There's a lot of watchers, yeah. right? Especially nowadays yeah. with digital media. You yeah. know, if you're putting your stuff out there and a lot of people who aren't doing that yet kind of hate on social media, but just like yeah. the Hell's Kitchen gave you a springboard to launch into the Beer Garden yeah. and Bonnie Reed, yeah. people have access to that right on their phone, right through these cameras that Evan films for us today. 100%, you know, and that's, that, that is it. So if you're, if you're trying to figure out, like, you got to dream, dream big, but you got to dream in sequence. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to go from, like, graduating culinary school to having 10 restaurants. Yeah, take it's steps. Like, all right, well, I got I to gotta get really good at my job, and then I got to do this, and then I got to build a resume. You got to master might, that it. That might take five years, yeah. And, and, and it's gonna 10. go like this. I mean, I gave you a, a, the, the, 
the, the story of my last 20 years as quickly as I could. There was a lot of up and downs. There was a lot of heartbreak, a lot of months of losing monies and, and, and not knowing what I'm gonna do next and biting my nails off and crying myself to sleep at night, like being a father and a husband, like having just feeling like I don't know what I'm doing. Well, let's talk about the farm to table because that was your yeah. next investment and <laughs> it didn't work out for you. I mean, I went in, we all, I mean, I went in like, this is gonna kill it, there's nothing like it. And again, I was looking at restaurants that were in LA, that were in San, you know, in uh, New York City, in Chicago. And I'm like, I can do this in, in Seager, you know? I can do this because it's gonna be healthy. All these, you know, soccer moms are gonna want it, all the empty nesters. I missed them, I didn't, you know, so I, I, what I created didn't have value for, I guess, the right amount of value for the people I was trying to sell it what to. What did you learn from that most? Um, well, you know, anybody in real estate will tell you location is key, right? Um, there are some outliers that, like my idea was that I was gonna be able to build a digital customer in 2018. You were looking to the future. Yeah, of- I, was, I was, again, I was like two steps ahead, but I was too far ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like I said earlier. It you know, wasn't early, there yet. Early bird gets the worm, the second mouse gets the cheese. So it's like I was the early adopter of thinking like, oh, you know, everything's gonna be done through Grubhub and DoorDash and, and Uber Eats and it's gonna be all digital. And, and the reality of it is, is that if you look at where I put the restaurant, the demographics were there, the money was there, right? Like you had the traffic, it was on Highway 35, but the person that lived there didn't live on their cell phone yet. Mm-hmm. They weren't understanding It's an that. older population. Older population, empty nesters. And my wife as well, you know, my, you know, a lot of these people are just busy, they run and just grab a pizza. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's looking for a $17 organic, free range chicken that came off a farm in It was Virginia. good, I told you, I came in there with Sean Ryan delicious. and Pat, it was good. It was delicious. And it was a beautiful layout that you did there. It was, and that was it, it was, that was the prototype. And you know, I, honestly, man, we thought we were gonna have like, I thought I was gonna get one or two beta testament markets and then go out and raise like some VC money and then like- Franchise it, be Off to the races, you know, have a hundred of these things in the next 10 years, but it didn't work out, you know? Uh, and that, it, and then, it, so it that was, doesn't work out and then all of a sudden, that was what year, 2000? That was September of 2019, we, just, we, we decided to close the doors. And we were going to like consider re- you know, moving it up to like the Red Bank area. Uh, we felt like that, that, that market may have been more ad- like, ad- adaptive to like what we were trying to do. But then COVID happened. And that was kind of like, all yeah. right, now what? Yeah, you know? and, and you're running the body read. Running the body. Managing me. member, you're yep. like, damn, I'm, I'm not allowed to have people in my restaurant. Yeah. You're yeah. at home, you're probably in almost a depressed situation. It was state. brutal. That was, that was one of the hardest years of my life. Um, my, it was March of 2020, man. I mean, it's right around my birthday. It was literally my birthday, it was that Friday, Friday the 13th. I told my team, I was like, guys, don't order any food. Don't order anything. And I was already thinking in my head, like, I don't know. I, like I can't keep people at work. And I was thinking about the servers, like not having customers. So I was like, I kind of told everybody, and like that said, I said, I will call everybody Tuesday morning and I'll let you know what we're doing. Talking about Tuesday would have been the 17th. It was only going to be two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, it was two weeks to flatten the curve. Well, two weeks. But, um, you know, I I laid everybody off, told everybody to get unemployment and we shut down for two months. And I remember those two months, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, like, are we, am I gonna open a restaurant? Are people ever gonna go back out to restaurants? Like what's going on? But I did, I did voluntarily close. When they said two weeks flat in the curve, it's like, let's close restaurant. I'm like, dude, let's close. This thing will burn off. We'll get back to normal. We'll figure this out. We'll get back open. But like it didn't, and it just kind of dragged it's on for a while. And there was a going. lot of ups and downs and not everybody, and listen, people lost family, I get it. 
you know, the, the world changed. Let's just say that. It was like a black swan event, right? Like something that just changed the world forever. I, I got to ask this question because I'm naturally a conspiratorial type of guy. Yeah. Do you ever think that it was like put on us on purpose or not so much maybe on purpose. I'm not saying COVID isn't real, but like there was just a, a power grab from politicians that just totally jumped on the opportunity. I never have like these linear, like this is what they did. I think there's just too many parts. I just think if you look at the climate of the world with like the presidency and all these things that were going on and the political divisiveness and all this stuff, it's like everybody used everything around them mm -hmm. politically. Yeah, and all everything they, that went all on the world was, was hurt the small business owner. Everything was just political. Yep. You couldn't open your mouth without like it, like it was taken politically or whatever. And it was just so. No, I don't think it was like manufactured. I don't think like you know China it was, sent it over on purpose. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, something happened. Listen, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no one and knows. At this point, it doesn't. We matter. could all, we could all speculate. We all have our ideas. All yeah. I know is that it was, it was hell to live through, and a lot of people got affected differently. And, that as was, a, and as somebody and a lot of business owners watch this, so for the young business owners, you you hopefully we don't run into another pandemic, right? Like uh, you know, Mr. Microsoft says is going to happen, but you're going to run into other issues. You're yeah, going to run mean, into other things, and as a business owner, right now, all of a sudden, you still have rent. Yeah. You still have bills to pay. You still had yeah. a food bill you probably had to pay you didn't pay yet. And now the money's not coming in. You can't just yeah. empty the bank accounts. Yeah. I mean, so the way I handled it was like I, I went to my partners like, listen, I'm going to close the restaurant down. I said, can I, can I, and I, I have relations with my vendors. Not all my vendors are these big U.S. foods. You know, like I have big corporate, I mean, I have other guys that, you know, are small. And, you know, they're dealing with local fishermen or they're dealing with local produce, whatever. And I was like... I need to make sure I have enough money in the bank to get ready paid. So I went into I went into, into lockdown completely debt free, and I told my landlord I was like, listen, like I'm being told I can't be here, I'm being told I can't earn a living in your space, so I can't pay you rent until we figure out what's going on. Like, and were they good with you with that? Yeah, he, I mean, like I, it was. A, I, I built a case that was like, and like, I, and my landlord and I are good. Like it wasn't like I'm not paying you, and he's like, you're better paying me. It was like, no, everyone's like you're communicating. Like this is like this is a really screwed up situation. Like you know, you're like you're. I'm being like not screwed up. Like it was it was a very hard difficult. He potentially is still holding a mortgage. He has bills. Yeah, like he's yeah exactly. Like, and I'm and I'm just and, and in the back of my mind though, I'm like, if the government's telling me I can't open up. Then they better hit pause on interest. They better, they better, the the the, the, the clock better top. The this is where I want to throw a little ticket. nugget in. As a business owner and compliance, I'm not talking about planning. This is just logical thinking. As a business owner, you need to be in a position of leverage, liquidity, and control at all times. A lot of us, especially in the restaurant industry, you work out of the cash register, right? Yeah. Money comes in, goes out, comes in, goes out. You have to force structure and have savings for things like this, right? Let's hope, again, another pandemic yeah. doesn't happen, but. but this, yeah, but like historically speaking, March is my worst. Like my, my bank account, and this is where like you gotta have a set of cojones to be an entrepreneur. March, my account. Yeah, take like I have more money in my personal checking account than I do in my business account yeah. in the month of March. And then you end up feeding the, back to business. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's like, that's the reality of it. Like, you know, you, like, you, you, you're riding this edge and it's like, now it's March. I'm like, I'm expecting like, all right, St. Patty's is here. Easter's going to hit. May's going to be right around the corner and we're off to the races. It's like, yeah, can't open up, you know? And then there's like the human element, right? Like I work with these people who are paying off debt or they're in college or they're, you know, 
they in, have their lives. People who don't have an educated, they're, they're working in restaurant people, and it's like, you know, you're telling them, like, yeah, you can't come to work tomorrow, and I don't have cash to pay you. And Well, you got through it. Got through it, man. You know, I, and my strategy during that was, like, stay composed. And it was hard. I mean, I was I was a very angry person during that, that phase because I was just, just very frustrated. Easy to do. You don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and like, you just feel like a caged animal or, or like, you know, you're cornered and you're like, ah, you know. And it, but my, my strategy was, like, just survive another day. Just get to tomorrow. Every day was get to tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, I can do this for two weeks. And I was yeah. like, I can do this for two months. And I can mm-hmm. do this for what ended up being two yeah. years, you know. But it was, you, just, but you learn how to bob and weave and... I mean, hell, I opened up another restaurant so, during the pandemic, right? So like, during, during the pandemic, you saw an opportunity arise, which is going back to this landlord that said, hey, I don't want a pub in my space. Yeah, so, you know, the, the restaurant that, that he ended up giving it to, you know, rewinding back, um, they ended up leaving right around the time the pandemic started or shortly thereafter. And um, he called me. This was like March of 2021. So it was like you know, about a year and a half ago. Hey, you still in the space? Now, mind you, we had just gone through the summer, a shutdown. It was like the, the, all, all, all the restrictions were lifted. The labor shortage. Nobody's going back to work because they're just sitting home collecting stimulus checks. Like it was like really, it was crazy. The supply chain was messed up. Every everything. There was a million reasons why opening a restaurant in March of twenty twenty one was one of the dumbest ideas possible. But like again, I'm like, I want to have multiple restaurants. Like, I can't. I don't. I have a million reasons not to. I just needed one reason to do it. And that reason was I, I know what I want out of my life. I've known what I've wanted to do for a long time. You know, I may have made some like, you know, detours along the way, but I've always known like open restaurants, you know, and um, now did, did you it. go back to that same well that invested in you? Yeah, I, I, I asked some guys. Some guys weren't interested. Some guys, you know, lost their appetite during the pandemic. Um, some you know finances changed, yeah. But yeah, for the most part, I was able to get a few guys and, and a, you know, you, you know, like a they obviously other, believed in you. I, I picked up some new guys like AJ, yeah. you know, you know, a couple other um, guys that you know they saw. I mean, I think the fact that I, I showed a lot of wherewithal and, and th- during the pandemic, and that I think I I I am I'm I'm looking back. I, I think you know, <laughs> aside from maybe a few, you know. Outlashings on uh, or lashing out on uh, social media. I, I think I handled it very composed. I got through it. We're still in business today. Nobody ever. Just every, you know, it's okay to go on a rant. It's okay yeah, to, no, to lash just, out again, when you're frustrated. We're, we're, we're all human. You, you we're know, not you, perfect. Exactly right. But you know, I don't regret anything I did or said. I, I stand by all my convictions. But I, um, you know, I, I navigated through it, and we came out on the other end, and, and we're still here. You yeah, know, and, and and the Black Swan is doing yeah, very doing, well. Yeah, we're doing great. You know, we, we just uh, a few months ago we got you know one of the best new restaurants in New Jersey. We got on the cover of New Jersey Monthly. You know, it's it's going great. You guys um, snuck me in for a Christmas party more. last year. It was great. Yeah, yeah all my good. guests loved. Do it. another one. We, we we'll give you a ten percent discount. <laughs> I looked at repeat, that bar tab and I was like, damn. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was good. It was no, a good it's time. it's going good and I love it. But I'm Jones and I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for another one. You want to do another one. So, so talking about that, earlier in our conversation prior to hopping on the cameras, you were saying something that really struck a chord with me. I didn't really know this about you. And again, a lot of people don't realize some of these people that come on, obviously I know well, their clients, friends, et cetera. Some of these people I don't know that well, right? We haven't, we've met in your restaurant and said some highs and sure. buys, but no real deep understanding of your thought process. You want to turn around and bring the next guy back up the ladder. You want to show yeah. that 
to be a chef, you don't have to get sucked into the restaurant industry yeah. of drinking too much and partying too much and drugs and, and those things. You can live a life of being a family man yep. and taking care of your health and being a business owner or the back end operator of a restaurant. Talk a little bit more about that and your passion for it. Totally. So, I mean, I, I invested a lot of time and there was a point in my career where you just have to go out of balance and you just have to be okay with that. And you just work, 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 you know, 15 hour days, 18 hour days, you're opening restaurants, you're traveling, you're doing whatever. At some point in time, you take all these skill sets you learn along the way and you combine them and, and you start. It clicks. Right, and you click and it's like, all right, it's like a puzzle, right? Like in the beginning, you have all these puzzle pieces everywhere and you're like, holy shit, I don't know how to put this puzzle together. But as you start getting sections put together, it gets easier. You start seeing it. You start understanding that now the puzzle it's like an analogy to sports. They're a young quarterback in the NFL. Yep. He can't see the defense. Tom Brady now, this many years in, the defense yeah, is so slow for him. Right. It's like it's like you're watching everything in slow motion. So, but bigger than that, more importantly, I want to show guys that like you, you don't have to burn a candle at both ends. You don't have to just because you're a chef and you're around alcohol and you're you can still go home and read a book and have a, glass, a cup of tea and go to bed. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell chefs, if you're Mario Batali. All right, I know he's gotten in the hot seat and he hasn't, you know, he's kind of fallen out of the limelight, but he said a very intelligent thing that has stuck with me. I can't, you know, to tell you, it's, 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 it's like my modus, you know, what do you call that, MO? Modus operandi? Yeah. Anyway, cookbook in one hand, calculator in the other. That's what he says. So you gotta not just have Couldn't the Couldn't be skill. more true, too, nowadays with food costs and inflation. Food, but that's it, like, you know, you gotta know how to cook. You gotta have the, the skill set and, and, but you also have to understand like the business side of it and, and the managerial side of it and managing people. So I want to stop you right you know? there. So I, I know uh, a friend, I won't mention his name on camera, but he's really dead set on opening a salad place, uh -huh. right? Not like a salad works, but like a salad place in a very good, prominent shopping plaza that's busy somewhere between here and, and call it Belmar, sure. right? So for the guy who isn't a restaurant guy who isn't a chef guy, what would you tell that person? Same thing, getting the numbers, getting to getting to the cookbook. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I, I would start by beta testing your concept. Make sure, like, number one, make sure it's like there's a good market fit. Mm -hmm. You know, how would you go about that? What would you think the best? Get some demographics. What restaurants in the area are surviving? You know, sometimes you see that there's a hole in the market. Oh, there's no there's no organic salad market here. There's just fast food. Well. It's because that's what the customer that's around there wants. Mm -hmm. The other companies have figured out that's their demographic, right? So your demographic, just because your business isn't there doesn't mean it's a good idea for you to put it there. Now, where are you grabbing that data? Is there a, a silo can, of information for restaurant yeah, owners? Some of, the, some of the bigger food companies can actually pull that data for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can give you like median income. But at the end of the day, it's all a guess. Like there's really- Of course. Everything is an educated guess. Yeah. How educated that guess is, is really comes down to how much effort you're gonna put into you it. You can't control all factors. So, you know, make sure, you know, run your numbers, like get all, get, get all your costs. I always say write a menu. Like have your menu written out first, and then you go from there. Like what is your price point, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then you figure out how many people do you need, and what's the build out gonna cost, and how long is it gonna take to get your money back? There's, it, it, just, it just goes from there, right? Yeah. So, but there's companies now, and there's people, there's consultants like myself that will come in and help you, you know, do all that stuff. Like and, and that's really the, the new restaurant group slash consulting business that you- So I, I recently formed Nicely Done Hospitality. Nicely Done. 
Yep. So I have, a, I have there's a manage, managerial arm of that, a branding arm of that, and there's an ownership equity side of that. So when I go in and partner in restaurants with like a, a, a set of investors, nicely done is the managing member, right? So you know we have the brand, we have the, and then we have the the, the I am the managerial component of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you no, know, we're still in our infancy, you know. Yeah. But we're 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 ready to roll. But you have a vision. You have to build it out to to actually right. have it. So, happen. but it's like I, I and I like challenging myself because when I get to the end of the road, I want to look back and say like I did it and I kept my marriage intact. I kept my health intact. You went all in. Yeah, like I went all in, but I kept I kept I stayed. Uh, you know who I, I stayed. I remained James Avery. Mm-hmm. You know I remained healthy. I didn't lose myself in it. I didn't. You know my marriage didn't end because of it. Yep. That's a lot of times you see it. These extreme business owners or even you know chefs or whatever. Anybody has a high. A uh, highly demanding job, everything falls to the wayside of the business. And like yeah. back to what you're talking about, with what I want to do when I get to the end of the road, I want to be able to go back and, and coach people on the way and help mm-hmm. them. Like this is how I did it. This is what worked for me. Well, it seems like you're forming work. the business to yeah. do it. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely it's 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 starting to click. You know, I turned 42 in March. So it, it's it's starting to click. So you, know? you got anything good going on in the fire? Can you- yeah, I mean, I don't want to say too, too much, but you know, I, I have a couple concepts that you definitely haven't seen in the area. I like doing- What's your I, favorite concept you have going on in your head and you're discussing today? I don't know. Something that's gonna sell a lot of nachos, I'll tell you that much. Nachos, huh? Maybe some fajitas, we'll see. Um, no, I don't know, I like, uh, I like simple every day. I look around, like, what, what is already working, right? Mm-hmm. Like, pubs. People like pubs. They like Guinness and like burgers. So yeah. just make a really good one. Yeah. They like seafood. Give them, like, the best fish and chips, linguine and clams they can get their hands on. So that, that's what, you know, I just, I like to figure out something simple and, like, just make sure that it's really nicely done. Well, yeah. think about, you know, you talked about Chipotle, and I, I, I give Paul and his partner credit to run with Bubba Coos because that's simple. It's a very small footprint yeah. as, as real estate you got a little bar full of tacos and yeah. burritos and you know those guys are on you know i think a total of 150 stores are being opened i don't know if I they mean, have- that's that's like and again that's the fast casual market you know i dabbled in that maybe i'll get back into it it's a completely different animal i i know the bar business you know i know i know full service i understand that and once you get the formula, you can just change the flavor. Oh, it's going to be an Asian steakhouse, or it's going to be a, you know, a Mexican joint, or it's going to so be. So you have the model. You just switch the brand, yeah. the face front of it. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like it's all built off this. These, like every business at its core is just, is just a set of processes and systems. systems. You know, that's Absolutely. all it is. It's all a restaurant is really. You have your ordering system, your reservation system. You have this system. The part that I really that lights me up is the branding and the conceptual side. Going back yeah. to my, you know, my critical think, uh, you know, creative thinking and all that is like taking nothing and making it into something. So yeah. like, what are, what are we what having are we a vision? Doing? Put right. it down on paper, then seeing. And it then through. it's like, all right, like, all right, I'm gonna, you know, make this place a Mexican joint, or I'm gonna make this, you know, a beer garden, or we're gonna make this uh, an Irish pub, or we're gonna make an Italian. Do you restaurant. have a Mexican pub? A Mexican pub. It's, it's kind of like this new fusion I'm getting into. <laughs> Whatever, yeah, but that's that's kind of it. Come on, you give me nothing else? Come on, give me... Give me there, I think there is one in Red Bank, actually. Really? It, it's, it's, what the hell? It's like an Irish name. It's like, I don't know, it's like Senor McConkley or something like that. It's like some like Irish name. And it's like a really Probably crushes it. Probably, dude. I'd go there. Yeah, I'd go. Have some good um, Coronas and some delicious tacos. But yeah, but you, you can expect... I'm going to start, you know, I'm, I'm definitely out there actively seeking, like, you know, the next thing. Again, I... I have this like 
Are you taking on, for someone who may be paying attention, are you taking on yeah, new I investors? Mean, always, I mean, I, I'm always loyal to my investors. So, like, you know, I always think it's fair to run it up the flagpole first. Like, say, of hey, course. guys, like, I, you know, this is an opportunity, whatever, um, you know, and that, that, that's kind of how I do it. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Like, again, nothing, I have nothing, like, really concrete right now. I'm enjoying... After the last two Some years. Some consistency. Like now I'm, I kind of don't want to like, I always, when I was trying to get going, it was like, yes, yes, I'll do it. Yes. Mm. Chase the opportunity. Yep. I'll do it. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll do it. I'll take it. Yep. Perfect. You have to. That's what you have to do. But now it's like, okay, like I have, the, I have my core. I mean, I definitely want to do more restaurants, but it's like, I'm good right now. So I want to be a little more selective, make sure that it's a good deal for everybody. And like, just that it all makes sense and that it jives and. You know, having, I can afford that right now, you know? Yeah, I love it. Of, of, of thinking, yeah. Well, rounding out, man, I like to ask a couple questions. Sure. Um, first, I'd like to give a shout out to other business owners, more specifically here locally at the Jersey Shore. Give me two other uh, restaurants, right? That's your genre. Let's go with restaurants. Give me two other restaurants you want to give a shout out to. Oh, man. That's, I, I'm I, sure I, you I, can I don't give want us to piss 10. anybody off. I know you can give us 10, but... Hmm. Well, my favorite restaurant that I always go to, I guess, in uh, around here is Four Winds and Seagirt. All right. Old school. Yep. Low ceiling. Yep. Carpet. Yep. Go there for some wings and a beer when I'm when I'm feeling up to it. They redid that bar up there, right? What's that? They redid that bar. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's 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 super nice. And then you know I I have so many friends in Asbury, but you know my wife and I are always like you know. Let's suckers. get out of where I work. Yeah, but but you know I'm a sucker for sushi, so we always hit up Taka. That's our that's my boy. He's always he's always a good fan. But there's there, there's a ton of good restaurants, you know. Um, but again, I, I don't go out to that many. Yeah, I, I stay home. Well, you're in that space all day long, man. You come home. Yeah. Do you cook at home? Uh, I do, I do. I, I cook, you know, more in the summer. I'm a big grill guy. I, I like one, one. I don't like doing dishes. That's my. Yeah, that's my I thing. hate like, dishes. I, I, that's why like, I'm like, oh, dude, I don't want to cook. But uh, I'll do like a lot of stews in the winter, and I'll grill all summer. But like, I'm not at home like playing chef, you yeah, know, all nah, day long. Like, nah. You do that already. Yeah, you grill some chicken. So the other question I like to ask is, if you could tell one thing. Or, or, or give a, a young entrepreneur or someone looking to launch a business or leave corporate America, what's one thing you would tell them to stick with when they're launching that business or they're going into being an entrepreneur? Meaning like from the operational, like an overarching thing or like one bit of advice? It could be it could be a saying that you live by. It could be, you know, yeah. uh, two sentences of things that you think are important as a totally. business. Totally. So I think as a business owner, I think, so I'm a, I'm a, I am ai do not know if you watch college football or any yeah. football. I'm a yep. huge college football fan, SEC specifically. Go Dogs, Georgia fan for life. But I love Nick Saban. And this is what I like about Nick Saban. I read his book. And, you know, he's the most winning college coach of all mm-hmm. time. And, you know, he's got great recruiting, great plays, great coaches. But he attributes all of his success to the fundamentals, mm-hmm. blocking and tackling. Because he says the, the game is won at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. Right. Whatever your business is, you need to figure out what your line of scrimmage is. We need to figure out what the stat is of his linemen. Yeah, exactly right. offense being but, drafted into the NFL over the last 10 years. That's right. It's pretty high. Out, but, like, they don't miss blocks and they don't miss tackles. That's yep. why they win championships. But So, you know, figure out what the line of scrimmage is in your business and figure out what the basics are. For me, you know, line of scrimmage is when the guest is meeting with the server in the restaurant 
and the basics are good food and good service. I gotta nail those things. Doesn't matter the decorations, the branding, doesn't matter how much money I raised, or doesn't matter what we did last night. That, that experience. That person coming in. That today. experience, that line of scrimmage is, the, is, is the, at the table with the server, make sure they get you know, good service and good, good, good product. Yeah, I think that's uh, actually a great one. You know? I like that. So, and I, no one said that yet, I like it. Good. Well, James, dude, I, I appreciate your time. You got four kids at home, your wife. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I appreciate you being here, dude. Cheers. Cool, Cheers. Ugh.